What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chickens. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard-run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. What is going on, Zips fans and SPT enthusiasts from near and far? It's time for the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. Some would even say the best sports talk show on this side of Lake Erie. It's time for Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron on WZIP. Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Logan Congrove. And after a short hiatus, I am finally back on Z88 Airwaves as your host for this week. Joining me for today's show, he's everyone's favorite Zips fanatic and one of our hockey heads up here at the station. It's Pat Weber. Pat, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are we doing, Logan? Fantastic, Pat. Couldn't be better on this fine Sunday morning. Also joining me today, one of our premier UFC enthusiasts, the man who reps the sunglasses inside, and as of Friday's WZIP banquet, the newest WZIP Rising Star Award winner, Mr. Mitch Bates. Mitch, congratulations. How are you doing this morning? Thank you, Logan. Feels great. I'm feeling great. Ready for SPT. Fantastic. Additionally, sitting in on the show today, our newest trainee and member of the Akron women's soccer team who defeated Mercyhurst at home yesterday off an Ella Hadley goal. It's Miss Abby Coley, so a huge welcome to her as she sits in on our show today. Guys, we have a jam-packed show for you this afternoon. Starting off with the NFL, lots of talk in there. An hour long of NBA talk for our second hour, and then to finish off, it'll be MLB and Hot Mike as usual. Guys, you ready to get right into it? Let's do it. Let's go. Pat, I want to pitch it to you first as our first topic is a headline out of the NFL. The Steelers traded for Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson earlier this week. Pat, as a Steelers fan, what do you see for the Steelers in this deal? I loved it. I mean, I think we got one of the best steals of the draft, or not even of the draft, of the um, postseason here with this pickup. I mean, we only traded, what, a seventh-round pick to get Allen Robinson, and in return we get... Allen Robinson, one of the best veteran wide receivers you can possibly ask for in the NFL, and a seventh-round pick back in that, not to mention that the um, the L.A. is also paying $10 million of his contract still for the remainder of the season. We only have to cover $5 million of that. Come on, this is one of the best deals the Steelers have ever made in their offseason history because stereotypically the Steelers are more quiet. In the offseason, we don't make a whole lot of big moves. This was one of the biggest moves I've seen in my 21 years of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I absolutely loved it. 10 out of 10 across the board. I mean, he, he adds, Allen Robinson adds so much depth in our wide receiver room, which is something we sorely needed, especially, 
you know, I, just last week when I was on, I had talked about how the Steelers need to look at drafting a wide receiver because we have to have somebody to fill in that three slide because I don't want Gunnar Olszewski taking snaps regularly for us. But now that we have <clears throat> Allen Robinson, you know, you're going to have the three main receivers of Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and now Allen Robinson. I just can't get enough of this deal. It was an absolute steal. I hate to admit it, Pat, but I do believe you're right. Mitch, as an outsider's perspective, what do you see for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Does this put them back in the top two of the AFC North? Personally, I don't think it puts them in the top two because the Cincinnati Bengals still exist. And <laughs> the, I'm, I'm hoping that the Cleveland Browns can enter the top two this year. Don't know how likely it is, but I actually have a lot more faith in Deshaun Watson than a lot of Browns fans do. And the Baltimore Ravens are a threat to nobody. <laughs> I think they're a threat for the first pick, though, so that's interesting. But, yeah, this was a really good move for Pittsburgh. Wanted to add that depth, add a veteran who can help with the younger receivers on the roster. And I think Allen Robinson was a perfect move to do that. What makes you say that the Ravens are a bet for the first overall pick? I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to be great without Lamar Jackson if he chooses to not play. But what gives you that opinion? Yeah, you just got to think about the roster that they have without him. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is always a healthy scratch. We're not sure if he's going to play a full season ever. The wide receivers are pretty bad. Besides Odell Beckham, who's making more per year than Amari Cooper is right now, their defense, they lost a lot of good players like Justin Houston. They lost Marcus Peters. They just lost a ton of playmakers. And without Lamar Jackson, say you go Tyler Huntley all year, I see this team ceiling as a 500 record. I just, I'd, I'd have to go lower. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. For them. At first, when you said the first overall pick, I thought you were hinting at them possibly even trading Lamar because <laughs> the, he does have the return value to get the number one overall pick this season at least. But that just is kind of up in the air right now, obviously, because the Ravens aren't wanting to move on from him. But Lamar is clearly ready to move on. It's the same type of thing with like the Packers even. I mean, we're seeing teams hold on to their QBs for too long. Trade them, get the picks. Don't don't hold on to players for too long. Take it from a Steelers fan, don't hold on to quarterbacks for too long because uh, then you end up with one 10 years past his prime <laughs> for 15 more years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pat, you bringing up a quarterback to wide receiver connection. Now your quarterback to wide receiver connection is Kenny Pickett to George Pickens and hey. now Allen Robinson. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Does this make the Steelers a top two team in the AFC North? And if that is the answer, who is one and who is two? So I think this does kind of catapult us back up in the contention in the top two for the AFC North. Um, realistically, though, I still view us finishing in third, but I can see us going in the top two. If we do go in the top two, surprisingly, I think the Bengals would be the team to fall just because we've seen their roster slowly start to kind of crumble, especially when they have to pay Joe Burrow coming up. Like, there is no doubt about it that when they when it comes time to pay Joe Burrow, there's going to be nobody left on that team because they can't afford to pay Joe Burrow and keep everybody that they have. Um, so I would see the Bengals probably falling. Obviously, the Browns, even though I am a diehard Steelers fan, I do give the Browns credit. I do think they will be number one in the AFC North, although I have okay. said that the past, like, three See, as a Browns fan, that'll never come out of my mouth ever again. But See, the, pe- appreciate the past it. three years I've said that up here, and uh, for three years in a row, it hasn't even come close. <laughs> but may- maybe this year. Maybe this year. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing that, Pat. Listen, maybe this year. Maybe next year. 
so hey. tired of hearing it, Pat. When will it be that year? Hey, I, I feel the same way. I do the same thing with the Zips every single year. I'm just like, you You're know, talking about Zips football? Yep. Come on, dude. Every, That's every, just every season. Happen. Every season. That's I'm like, just come not on. Maybe, happen, maybe we can win more than two games. Just maybe we win more than two games, and then we don't do it. But, oh. Pat, I think there are a lot of things in this world that are a better chance of happening. I think the re rising of Jesus Christ is more <laughs> likely than the Akron Zips football team to be 500. I'm uh, listen, I'm telling you, this is our year. Okay, man. Uh, <laughs> what, you know what? Before we, Pat, I really they didn't I didn't have much Zips stuff to talk about today. So, you know, well, I'm going mean, to give you the floor here just for a quick you're, you're second before we transition. You know the Zips are going to get brought up when I'm what? on air. <laughs> before we transition topics, Pat, I'm going to give you the floor. What makes you think that this is the Zips year? What have you possibly seen I, from okay. Akron that would absolutely, make that be this year? I have seen absolutely nothing, but it's just the hope. Just that pure I intuition? Have. That, and then plus, I mean, we got Steel I mean, coming in, too. He's going to be our starter by week I mean, we have easy. Zippy. That's cool. That's about it, though. Hey, best mascot in the nation, first of all. But, then, like, Steel Wassel, too. Like, he's our most promising prospect coming in. Three-star QB out of Oklahoma. Like, okay. You know. Maybe right, he can do I, something. I really want to. I really want to believe you. So I'm going to choose to believe you. All I need is just you know at, at least the bare minimum. I ask is just beat Kent. That is the bare on a Wednesday minimum. On a Wednesday I night. Okay, I still can't believe they're having that on a Wednesday. It's tragic. It's why, truly why, tragic. Why do you do that? That's like that's like oh like let's have Ohio State Michigan on like a Thursday night. That, no. That's the dumbest thing ever. You have it on well, a Saturday. You have Akron it on struggles a Saturday. to get fans there on Saturdays. Why would anybody go on a cold Wednesday night? Well, because it's like the only this is the only game that fans actually come out to. We can fill. Uh, I'll we, we can't, we I'll can't really pack, you know, like infocision. We can't really pack the jar. But the minute that it has anything to do with Kent, yeah. no matter where you are on campus, good point. it's packed. It's That's point. why it's like they they have to move that. I, I said that they, they have won't. to. They have to. There's no way that you don't move that game. There is zero tough. chance. Definitely tough. But yeah. Not much to talk about with the zips right now, but Pat <laughs> thinks they're going to go 500. But let's transition into another shaky topic, almost as shaky as the Akron Zips. <laughs> this is the NFL gambling policy. And recently, a lot of suspensions came out, Pat. And I'm going to go down the list here. Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams received six games. Uh, Stanley Berryhill received six games. Quinton's Cephas, indefinite suspension. C.J. Moore, indefinite suspension. And Commander's defensive end Shaka Tony also got indefinitely dis- suspended. This is all for gambling, violating the NFL's gambling policy Mitch, I'll start with you. What are your takeaways from this? Do you think that the NFL is being a little bit too hard on this, considering they weren't betting on their own games? I do think they are being a little too hard on this. And those are some pretty important suspensions for the Lions. When you think about Jamison Williams, who was supposed to be their second-best receiver this year behind Amon Ra St. Brown, he's out for six games. I believe they released Quintez Cephas also mm-hmm. and C.J. Moore, and that's got to hurt the team too. The betting situation, as far as it goes with NFL players gambling, and it could be on their games or not on their games, I'm not sure I agree with that. Um, I just think it's a little it's a little too pushy by the NFL. I don't think gambling necessarily is the biggest crime that these guys could do, and there's players that are doing much worse that are still playing football. So I think it's a... A little excessive, and that's going to hurt the Lions a decent bit. But for also the Commanders, because they lost Shaka Tony indefinitely. And I know him because I like Penn State. That was a Penn State guy. So 
that's not going to hurt them nearly as much. But I do think that these gambling policies could be laid back a little bit. I completely agree. I think that you know maybe six games should be like the absolute max that you get suspended for something like this. But if you're not betting on your team, then that shouldn't even warrant like a suspension whatsoever, in my personal opinion. But this also comes up that something that I was actually kind of taking a look at was if the NFL has such a big problem with gambling and all this other uh, stuff like that, why do you set up a team in Las Vegas, Nevada? Like, I'm being so serious. <laughs> what made you do that? If you are so anti, literally, like, the entire list, you put a football team in the middle of <laughs> the list of every single thing that you hate. It's dumb. Like, just don't do it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, but, like... And you put a football team that is known for just being rowdy. rebels and breaking exactly. rules. Exactly. In Las Vegas. It's like... I don't know, like, because to me, personally, like, I've had the pleasure of going out to Las Vegas. I like it out there. I think it's a cool place to go. Scenery, go see places. A lot of fun. You know, if you got to look at how these athletes are, because they're still human at the end of the day. Like, if you're obviously over the age of 21 and you're out in Las Vegas, you're going to want to go gamble maybe or something like that, right? If the NFL is such a big problem with it, like I said, then why, did, why, why put a team there? You could avoid a whole situation where, like, I'm not saying this is just, like, the only reason, but I'm saying this is a contributing factor to something like that. It's like, why do you put a team there then? Like, you're basically in trying to entice these athletes to, like, literally break all the rules that you've set out when they go to, like, like I said, like Vegas. Like, it's like the prime example. Or Los Angeles. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're setting up these players to, like, literally get, like, tempted to go out and gamble, to go out and, like, party or whatever. And then you get mad because they're just being human. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it whatsoever. I think the NFL has got to change it because it is getting a little bit ridiculous that people are getting... People and players are getting slapped with lengthy suspensions for just being human. It, it, it's, it's unacceptable. I absolutely opinion. agree. I think the NFL is taking advantage of the fact that these players are making them so much money and they're looking at, more, they're looking at them more as an entity as opposed to a person. They're, they're, looking, now at, listen. they're looking at them as marketing tools. Yes. And that's something that's not good. I, but like it's, it's another thing, too. It's like, you know, in the NFL, you are technically, when you are a player, you also are their marketing tools. Like, your name is on the back of those jerseys that are getting sold, but still. You know, when you when you gamble on games that you are playing in, I get it. That's that's not cool. But when you like say we don't even know what these bets were. The NFL didn't They, they might that. not have even been sports bets for if, all we know. They could have just been just maybe been playing cards yeah. or something. If, Nobody knows. Say say by chance it was a sports bet. And say he bet I don't know, LeBron James over thirty points on whatever night. How does that affect his NFL career at all? It it's his money. It's his time. Why do you? I, I, I get. I get the aspect of not betting on the NFL. That's you are a part of that entity. You are a part of that league, which means you can influence the result. So I get that. However, I don't get. Why are they not allowed to do something that the average person does? It just doesn't make sense to me. Like personally speaking, if I can go out and you know bet on the Akron Zips winning the national championship, would be the worst. Bet which of all I did time. do. Which I did do. <laughs> Hold on, I'm being. I talked about this last uh-huh. week, which I did do, Pat. but okay, it was okay. can't give gambling advice on the air. It was but that was a really poor choice. There. It, it was a, it, okay. One dollar. Come on. It, it, anyway, you know, either way, either way. <laughs> actually, the, the, the total payout we don't even need to get into because it's not going to happen. But either way, like I'm saying, like if if I can do oh, something boy. like that, then these oh, athletes they should they they need to have the ability to just be human. Like they are human beings too. So, like, obviously they're going to fall for some of the temptations that everyday life just kind of throws at them. 
everybody does it. You know, everybody's sure. human. Everybody is prone to slipping up, making, you know, maybe a mistake. I don't just say making a mistake, just going out and having fun. And, you know, in their own way. Maybe that's something they enjoy doing, you know. For sure. Like, like you said, they could have been betting on a Lakers game. Something that doesn't even influence the sport as a whole. Right. So it's just, it's so it's so dumb. I think that the NFL just has so many rules they need to change because there's just so, like, they need to catch up with the times. For sure. I think is definitely, like, what they need to do because a lot of these rules have been in place since the league was founded. Mm-hmm. And it's like, obviously, there weren't nearly as many things in society that you can go do that right. you can today. Like, I mean, they just need to change something. It's like, it's ridiculous because, you know, first, last season you get Calvin Ridley, although his was more warranted than these, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But See, that's still, my point because he, he, he was betting for, on his own games. Exactly. So, like, the season suspension he got would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. But for these kids, and they think of Jamison Williams, he's a rookie still, basically, because he didn't play last season hardly at all. Right. So he already missed his rookie season. You're going to make him miss six more games this season for what? For what? Now, like, yeah. now, like you were saying, if, if it was on an NFL game or like something like that, then yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's warranted to have like the six games or whatever. But if it's not, then it should not be implemented and it should not be upheld at all. Absolutely. It's, I, I, I've said it a lot, I know, but it is just, it's, it's dumb. It's so dumb. It makes me upset when I have to look at those <laughs> and I'm like, that is the least concerning thing that, like, I, I assure you that is something that, like, 90% of players are doing anyway. And that is, like, what should be on the least of your concerns is how they are spending their money and what they are choosing to do with their own funds. There are so many other issues that need to be addressed, and they're so heavy on cracking down on gambling. Absolutely. And they, they, they like, ignore everything else. It's, like, always whenever I look at my phone, it's always, like, a gambling uh, suspension. It's, like, wow, you care so much about that. What about, like, every other issue that is just there? Yeah. And you're just letting it sit there, and you're doing nothing about it, but you want to get mad at people for using their money how they want to use it. Right. Mitch, when you look at the list of suspensions on the football side of things, which one of these suspensions do you believe is the most impactful to their team? <clears throat> yeah, I definitely believe that the Jamison Williams suspension has to mean the most. And you could see flashes of hope last year when he finally did come back from his injury. And he would have like a really deep reception for a touchdown, but then not do anything for the rest of the game. And I know that because when he came back from suspension, I picked him up in fantasy. I was like, maybe he'll be a nice bench option for me. He really wasn't. Yeah, he never played him. He didn't do anything for me. <laughs> but, you know, he's still got a lot of talent. He comes from one of the best college football programs in the nation. Everyone knows that. And I think if Jameson Williams was consistently on the field, he could be one of the top deep threats in the entire NFL. But he's getting set back once again, this time not from injury. And it just it hurts to see because you want to see guys like that succeed. And the Detroit Lions just have, like, that team that you root for. You could be a fan of any NFL team. I'm a Seahawks fan, and I root for the Lions. They got us into the playoffs last year, too. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, yeah, it just stinks to see guys going down like that, and hopefully he can stay healthy when he comes back and produce for the Lions team. Absolutely. Transitioning away from the gambling issues and into a whole different issue in the NFL, and that is minimalistic uniforms. And just recently, the Arizona Cardinals dropped three new uniforms that were all minimal and looked just like multiple other uniforms in the league. I think these are terrible, guys, but I want to pitch it over to you. Arizona Cardinals uniforms. Thoughts? They might be the worst jerseys I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. 
I'm being really? so they are awful. They are horrible. I hate them. I don't like I them just, at all. I don't like I don't like minimalistic jerseys. Somebody needs to tell Nike to stop putting the city name large across the chest it for no work. reason. It for no work. reason. I also they, hate the I also hate like the style of lettering that they use. It's the same block stuff everywhere. It's like wow. Yes. If I have to look at it every day here on campus, I don't want to look at it when I'm watching my favorite NFL team. I'm not just saying the Cardinals are like my favorite team. But I'm saying if somebody was a Cardinals fan, it's like you know why would you want to go. Watch I'm that. not buying that. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. Like, minimalistic jerseys are so bad. Like, bring back the good jerseys. Like, prime example, the Utah Jazz, like, they're real retro. Mm-hmm. Jer- like, bring stuff like that back. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks deer. Mm-hmm. Like, bring those back. Like, those those are jerseys, not the one solid color right. and nothing else. And then, oh, look, there's the name of the city or state in the most basic, boring. Like, who's paying these guys? Like, I'm being serious. I've I've <laughs> seen people in high school come up with better jersey concepts than the people that are actually producing them. Oh yeah. Um, so who's paying them? Like, I, I just want I just want to have a talk with whoever's paying them because uh, stop paying them. Yeah. I I could do this, and I don't even give me Photoshop. I have no. I've never used Photoshop in my life. Guarantee you, I can make a better jersey. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. It. Mm, Mitch, uh, <laughs> yeah. What are your takes? Getting angry up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being a Seahawks fan, I'm gonna hate on whatever the Cardinals do anyway. But these are these are terrible. These look like some off-brand Ohio State jerseys. Yes, these, these are horrible, and they get worse every time I see them. I really hate the Arizona across the red jersey that Kyler Murray's rocking with that baby face. He looks extremely happy. I don't know why, but these are yeah, these are miserable. I don't know. It's just. I enjoyed, like, a couple of the new jersey concepts that came out last year. Like, I felt like there were quite a few last year and the year before that. And I enjoyed some of them. Like, I don't think Tampa is the worst thing ever. No. But jerseys like this, it's just like, and they did really nothing with the helmets, but add, like, little sparkles that you can't even see. It's, I, I don't appreciate it. I think just the white helmet with an all red jersey is, like... Just so ugly. It looks so. And honestly, I so didn't really think there was anything wrong with the old Cardinals uniforms. Th- like, there wasn't. Anything I thought wrong the black with one was kind of nice. And didn't were they one of the teams that came out with a black helmet last year? Mm-hmm. I think they were. I liked the black helmet. I, I liked like, how it looked with solid. their uniforms. Like their their old jerseys are solid. I mean, again, there's a reason people like retro jerseys so much. It's like wow, that style <laughs> is what's good. So maybe go back to that. Stop producing absolute garbage. <laughs> Into mm-hmm. our sports because I don't like it. My take on these all. uniforms <laughs> is the same as yours. I think that these are probably among the worst in the NFL, if not in sports. These you know what there. that means, guys? I'm going to bring Around the Rue to you a little bit early this week. This week's Around the Rue question is, is minimalism better or worse in sports uniforms? Guys, we'll have this up to you at the break on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. You can vote on it and tell us why you think Minimalism is better or worse in sports uniforms. We'll give you our takes one more time. Pat, what's your answer? So bad. It's so bad. Get rid of it. Bring back the good jerseys. Mitch? They are top five worst in the NFL. Absolutely agree. And before we move on, what is your favorite uniform in the NFL briefly? Mm. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing it over to Mitch first. Because you Mitch. already know where I'm going. I didn't even have to think about <laughs> it, Mitch. You know where Come I'm on. going. Seattle Seahawks. Which one? Action Green. Okay. I, I know people that hate Action Green jerseys. I love them personally. And they wore them for the first game 
when we beat on Russ and started 1-0. We tend to win when we wear them. It's just that green to me, I really like it. I don't know what it is about it, but it brings attention to the team, to players individually. I, I just love the action green. I think right. I got to go with the Chargers powder blue. Little shout out Ooh. there. Little shout out to uh, one of my friends up here on campus. He's a huge Chargers fan, and I won't lie, he got me. He got me kind of hooked on those jerseys. I kind of like them. I would say my favorite in the NFL. I really like those, or I really like two of the Carolina Panthers. I like the black ones, or I like the blue one. I I just I don't know their color scheme is is a nice. Blue, a blue Cam Newton one is like that's elite. Such I had a Cam jersey. Newton jersey for a while when I was a kid. So I would say the Panthers is my favorite elite. combination, but that's going to be on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. Once again, the question is: Is minimalism better or worse in sports uniforms? Right at the break, go ahead and check out that page and give us your thoughts. But moving on to the Cleveland Browns a little bit before we head into our first break of the morning. Per WZIP alum and graduate of the University of Akron, Cameron Justice, Browns general manager Andrew Barry said that the inclination to trade up in the draft is more situational depending on how their board falls. For the Cleveland Browns right now, they do not have a draft pick in the first round. But I'm going to pitch it over to you guys. Should the Cleveland Browns make a move? And if so, what should they be looking for? I say go for it. You've got some pieces you can definitely afford to cut. That'll A, that'll save you a lot of salary because we know the Browns desperately need to find ways to get their salary organized a little bit better. I know that they've been doing a pretty solid job so far in this offseason, but you know when it starts rolling around, I actually start forking out all that money to Deshaun Watson. you got to have something to give them, not nothing. I think, again, the Browns should trade in. I think if you do trade in, look for a linebacker. Keep building that linebacker core. I know it's still a little bit sparse right now at this point, but I think that's exactly what the Browns need is a good, solid linebacker to rely on in the draft. Yeah, I personally don't think they need to make a move to get higher in the draft. I think as far as their roster goes, they have an extremely solid name-wise roster. Like, I've been thinking that for a couple years. They Even the season where they got, like, one win, I thought name-wise the roster didn't look terrible. It's just... They have to find a way to put it all together, and every positional group has to play well at the same time. It feels like last season with the Browns, it would be, oh, the defense looks terrible today, but the offense is lighting it up. Or it would be, the defense is getting all the stops, but the offense can't move the ball. And I think they just need to put it together. I don't think you need to trade up to make that happen. I do agree that they need... A consistent linebacker. I don't think Anthony Walker and JOK are doing it right now. I have hope for JOK still a little bit, but I don't think moving up in the draft is really necessary this year. I think you can just relax where you're at, take some depth guys with those picks, and see where Deshaun Watson takes you next year. I absolutely agree. I don't think the Browns should really give up anything per se to move up into the first round you know they have some second third round picks and those tend to turn out okay i i would just trust what they have give deshaun watson his time and hope that kevin Stefanski can be a little bit more competent <laughs> in his play calling this season that's that's really going to be the key for me but one more comment from andrew barry in that same presser saying that the browns have not necessarily shut the door on anything when he was asked about the kareem hunt situation guys quickly should the browns do something with kareem hunt i think so <clears throat> Try to bring him back if you can because that running back room, <clears throat> having both Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, 
absolutely terrorized, at least me being a Steelers fan, absolutely terrorized my team. I know they lit up the AFC North as a whole, really kind of brought the spot or the uh, spotlight back on AFC North running backs for the first time in who knows how many years. So I, I say bring him back. He's, he's arguably, uh, I don't know, because Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are so kind of like similar in the way that they run, in the way that they play, but I think that's why it's so efficient. Because it's like, okay, well, Nick Chubb is out of the game perfect. We can get a stop. Well, you still have to go up with basically the same amount of power, speed, everything with Kareem Hunt. So bring him back. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the evaluation that he's asking for. If he's asking for like however many million for however many years, I think that depends on if you bring him back or not. Because we know Nick Chubb can be an every down back, but I don't think he needs to be. And Kareem Hunt felt like the perfect one-two punch with Nick Chubb. But if he's going to ask for double-digit millions per year, maybe a three-year deal, is that something that the Browns are going to do or be able to do? I think that's the important question here. I would love to see Kareem Hunt coming back, but I'm not sure with his asking price because from what I heard, it was pretty high. He values himself very high, and which he should, but that's the only question here for me. I just don't think that he has enough value for the Browns right now. We have guys like Jerome Ford who are coming up. You know, and you got Nick Chubb. I just don't really see a need for uh, Kareem Hunt on the Browns right now. Hey, really quick before we go into our first break, the NFL draft is in four days. Number one overall selection is held by the Carolina Panthers. Three names on that board, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Quick take, who are you taking number one if you're the Panthers? Anthony Richardson, take his name off the list. He doesn't deserve to be on there. I'm taking C.J. Stroud. Easily, I think he could finally break the Ohio State quarterback curse. I think you should take Bryce Young because I think Bryce Young is actually the smart pick. And they're talking about his height, but he only had like two passes batted down in his entire college career. I've been watching him since high school. He's an absolute dog. I think people are overthinking if they should take him or not. I say you do it. He's the best quarterback in the draft. I'm taking Caesar Stroud if I'm the Carolina Panthers. I think that... He reminds me a lot of Cam Newton in his play style. Running quarterback, I just think that's the way the Carolina Panthers are wired. A big, physical, yes. scrambling quarterback. Yes. If I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm taking C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State, number one overall. But, hey, guys, that is going to bring us into our first break. A lot of NFL talk. Next up, we have a whole hour of NBA talk. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned right here on Sports Power Talk on Z88. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. We are back for our second segment, starting off an hour long of NBA talk. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Congrove. Joining me on the other side of the desk is Mr. Pat Weber. How are we doing, Logan? I'm doing fantastic. And Mr. Mitch Bates. How's it going, everybody? Mitch, Pat, let's get right into the action with the NBA. Lots to talk about here in this segment. That's why we dedicated a full hour to it, starting off with the Western Conference Series breakdowns. We'll kick it off with the Sacramento Kings, the eventual Western Conference champion, in my humble opinion. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? I'm serious. Guys. That's a stretch. That's no, still it's not. A stretch to no, me. it's not. Light the beam, man. Light the beam. No, you're saying I'm all for the Kings doing it. I just don't think they can do it. I want them to okay. do it, but I just don't think that they can. I want them. You'll to all know. see. You will all see. I all predicted right, that right. on these airwaves so long ago. But hey, the Warriors did take the last game, one fourteen to ninety seven, over 
the Sacramento Kings. The Kings do lead the series 2-1 to one as they did grab both wins at home. But the main storyline of this series thus far is Mr. Draymond Donkey Green. He... <laughs> he, he stepped on somebody, again, if we're being 100% honest. I don't know what your guys' opinions on. That's why we're going to talk about it. Draymond Green's actions towards Kings forward DeMontis Sabonis in Game 2 were a little bit rambunctious. DeMontis Sabonis was on the ground. Green claims that he just he lost his balance. But if you really watch that video, man stepped on him. That's like saying... Dude uh, stepped on him. That's like saying, you know, supporting Ron Artest. Oh, I was just celebrating after he gave... James Harden, like, grade A concussion. <laughs> like, it was just blatantly obvious. Like, you're not fooling anybody. And especially when you're Draymond Green. Like, who are you fooling? Like, it's basically the boy who cried wolf. Like, even if it was accidental, nobody's going to believe you because you're Draymond Green. You're notorious for doing stuff like that in situations because, again, you're Draymond Green. Like, nobody <laughs> respects him that much. It... I don't know. I mean, how many ejections is that? Like in the postseason, too I, many. I think. I think it's like a. He's coming up on like a. He's he has to be coming up learning. on a record. He has to be coming up on a record for like postseason ejections and ejections as a whole. Like I, I feel like every time I look down at my phone to see something with the Warriors, it's always like, oh yeah, Draymond Green got ejected again. Well, it did get Draymond Green suspended for Game Three, but that did not matter. The Warriors took the win. Mitch, do you think that the suspension was was deserved? And do you think that? his actions were what we saw, or do you think that he was serious and he just lost his balance? Yeah, I think it was well-deserved. I'm pretty sure I saw him, like, push off of Sabonis after he stepped on him, like, take off and start flying, but it was definitely deserved. I don't think it was necessarily that important to the team because, obviously, they won without him, and you would think that you would need a guy like that to defend someone like Sabonis, who the Kings have, but, yeah, it was... It looked very intentional, and I'm convinced that he just, like, says this stuff without watching the clip. Like, I don't think he knows how obvious how obvious it was, and he's just saying stuff like, oh, I had to step somewhere. You know, that's what it takes to walk, and Clay Thompson's out here saying, oh, he grabbed his leg. What a dirty move by Sabonis. Like, yeah, I'm sure his intention was to get stepped on right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, it's just, I, it makes no sense. And the Warriors I, are that kind of team. So. I, don't, I don't get how they defend that. I, I just don't. Like, I get he's your teammate, but, like, you can't defend that. Clay looked disgusted. <laughs> like, he was mad at Sabonis. He's like, like that, he grabbed his leg. That, like, listen, here's the thing. I don't like Sabonis that much either, but, like, what did he do to you? <laughs> that's all. Who hurt you, Draymond? Like that's who we need. We need to know who hurt him. So we he, like we just gotta find out who hurt him. Like you know, have his feelings not get hurt so easily, and then maybe we don't have to worry about this. But uh, he's like way too sensitive. I he, feel like Draymond Green acts like he is just so above everybody, and he's kind of. I mean, take him off the words. Let's let's realistically think about this. Put Draymond Green on the Kings. No. I would have said the Kings last year. I'm trying to think of a team that's trash. Put put Draymond Magic. Green. Put Draymond Green on the Magic. Is Draymond Green a star player? No, he'll be sent to the G League. I just <laughs> I think he's a product of the Warriors system. He is. And my thing is, first of all, Draymond Green, the most overrated player to ever win Defensive Player of the Year ever. I'm still mad about that 2017 award. I'm still mad. For sure. Again, product day, of the Warriors system. He just like, exactly he got lucky with the team that he was drafted by. He got lucky that he was drafted to a team that ended up being as loaded and star-powered as it is. Because, I'm sorry, but the fact that Kevon Looney can do exactly what you're doing, Draymond Green is, like, the most expendable player on this entire roster. Like, I'd argue, because 
I'm sorry, but you know when you have Kevon Looney going out there getting 20 rebounds in a game, and you know you're not doing that. I'm sorry, but you, he doesn't have a spot on the roster, in my opinion. Like sure. coming up at all. I mean, you saw how well the Warriors played without Draymond Green. So it's almost like, why is he still there? It almost seems like he's kind of holding him back because he does stupid stuff like this. Like he'll get stupid fouls, he'll make dumb decisions, you know, in his play style with. I said fouls, the way that he acts. So it costs the Warriors points at the end of the day, and he's not making up for that in any way, shape, or form with his contributions. I know. I think there's only like one game, I think, so far this postseason, at least, that I've seen him contribute, and it was a solid amount of assists and rebounds, which like, yeah, that's cool and everything, but it's not hard to do on the Warriors. You just have to pass the ball to Steph Curry, and like nine times out of ten he's making that. And I just don't, I don't get why. Draymond, like you said, he thinks he's better than everybody else, but he is one of like I'm being. He's like one of the worst players in the league. Like, he's not good. He <laughs> never. He should have never been an All Star. He should have never won Defensive Player of the Year. He's just not good. He's not good. Matt, so I wouldn't say he's, he's one of the worst players. He's not good. Yes, <laughs> That's he is. Crazy. I will say, out take him away Pat from Weber the Warriors, is, like we were saying. He Pat is Weber going is to be one king of, of outlandish and exaggerated <laughs> takes here on. If I don't, wait, here's the thing though. If I really don't like. Somebody, oh, I'm going to give him no credit, and I really hate Draymond Green. I think he's, like, my most hated, like, athlete of all time. Really? <laughs> I really don't like him whatsoever. Okay. He just makes me mad. I just, like, look at him, and I'm like, oh, I just want to, like, I'm just mad. I get mad when I, 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 I just def- see him. Honestly, Pat, my opinion would have been similar, but as of the last few weeks, I have an athlete that I hate more, and we'll get into that later. But before that, Mitch, let's talk a little bit about the series as a whole. You already know my opinion on the Sacramento Kings if you listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Kings are a legit threat to the Warriors in this series? Up 2-1 right now, still in the Bay Area playing Game 4. Do you think that the Kings can seriously come out of this series? And if they can, do they have a shot to make a run in the West? I do believe that they can come out of this series, but I think it's very unlikely. Even with them being up 2-1, I just cannot... It's so hard to see Steph Curry getting eliminated in the first round by De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. And I'm not saying their names like they're scrubs, because obviously they're not. They're one of the best one-two punches in the NBA right now, and that's indisputable because you can see that they're up 2-1 on Golden State. But I just don't, don't know why, but I don't see them having the star power to win the whole thing. Like you said, they were going to win the West, and I think that's... Oh, very outlandish. They're going to win the West. Man. That's the insane. West weak, though. The West is Oh, Pat's about to agree with me. The, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I do see them getting out of the series. The finals. The series. Be, but it, it's, just so, it's just so hard to try to, you know, figure out how this series is going to go because both of these teams play so alike because they can't play on the road, but they can't lose at home. The finals will be Heat Kings, and we'll also get into that later. The finals will be Heat Kings. I've been saying that for months. No way. Not changing my opinion there. I don't know about that one. You'll see, man. And the Heat will win in six. That's going to be my, my pick there. They can't even beat the Nuggets. I don't know, I don't know about that. They're You'll not going to beat the Nuggets, You'll bro. see. Yes, they will. Uh, I don't see. know. Heat Kings. We'll get into it later. <laughs> Moving on to our next Western Conference series. Pat Weber's Clippers are down uh, 3-1 to the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. But they also do not have the likes of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as of late. Both are dealing with nagging injuries. Pat, I'll throw it to you as a Clippers fan. I still don't really get why you're a Clippers fan, but I'm not one to clown because I'm a Heat fan and have nothing to do with the city of Miami. But I'll throw it to you first. 
can the Clippers hang on to their their hopes or their dreams? I mean, it doesn't really look like it against think, Kevin Durant. I think that they can. Uh, first of all, though, I do want to just be like, you know, quick little word to Stephen A. Again, I think you know, probably doesn't tune in whatever, but he like, does tune say, in. He's in our intro. Pat. Oh, yeah, that is true. But I do want to say one thing. Don't ever, and I will say, don't ever oh say the words that you said about Kawhi Leonard ever again in your life. Never say those words again. He said that Kawhi Leonard is, we should dub him the worst superstar to ever play basketball. I would agree. No. Whoa. No. I would agree. Uh, so we're talking about the guy who should have won Defensive Player of the Year three years in a row before Draymond Green. Kawhi Leonard can't play a back-to-back game, and he's always hurt. Okay, that's recent. I'm talking like no. This is time. forever, Pat. No, these he only had in injury Toronto. Issues. Yeah, that post Zaza Pachulia injury in 2017 is when all of this happened, where he has these injury problems. Like overall, as a whole, he's one of the best superstars that we've seen. I know he hasn't played a lot because he's been dealing with the injuries, but I'm just saying that like, don't ever like this is coming from Stephen. Like I, mm. who would who would if you think of worst superstar of all time? What who is that person for you? What is that worst definition? superstar of all time? I I mean if like we're looking at everything again, Draymond Green's name comes up because he he legitimately was oh considered a superstar. At He's one not point. a superstar. He was considered one at one point. No, he was not. In, like 20, in the 2016-2015. When I think of superstars, do you remember as a kid, Kevin Durant, and, LeBron no, no, James, every single year. At five below, a poster with like eight NBA players was on it every single year. I never saw Draymond Green on that poster. When I think of that, I think of the people that were on the poster I when I was eight years one. old on my wall. I saw him on one. No way you saw Draymond Green on an NBA on five one. But it, it was it was like it was like 2016. They had just or 2015. Sorry, they had just <clears> won the finals. But then everyone was like, "Oh, look at Draymond Green, like Defensive Player of the Year guy." And I'm just like, "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have won it. Uh, cool though." But no, I, I just don't. I don't think. That, <laughs> First, I don't think that Kawhi Leonard doing this is, like, a bad thing. Like, I know that people are, I mean, I'm even getting infuriated that he sits out so much in the postseason and everything. But, like, I know it's because of the injuries. Like, ever since the Zaza Pachulia were, like, he hurt Kawhi. Like, Kawhi's never been the same. But I just don't think that uh, that's even, like, warranted by Stephen A. But either way, like, I just don't, I don't know if the Clippers have it. I think they still do have it. Pat, I owe you an apology. I looked it up. And they spied below, sold a poster. I told you, of Draymond Green. I told you, I saw. I told. So you. I apologize, but I there's no you. way he should have been on that. Poster. I told you, thank you. See, I told you, but like, I don't know. I, with this series, it's so hard to like just think about it because they played so well with Kawhi there, and then the one game that he, I mean, he's missed the past two games, but the one game that he missed, like, it was glaringly obvious that hey, we don't have anybody to play defense right on the court. Last game, it wasn't as bad. I mean, Russell Westbrook had 37 points, looking like OKC Russell Westbrook again. It's like, that was pretty good to see. But overall, it's like, we need better contributions coming off the bench for the Clippers. You can't have Batum and Rocco going out on the court and contributing nothing. Okay, like, I know they got minimal minutes, but I still expect some scoring off the bench. Um, Zubac, he is just... mm. The Clippers got to look at getting a center in the offseason because I, I love Zubac, don't get me wrong, but you can't go out there, play 25 minutes, and only score four points and get nine rebounds. Yeah, That is not what a starting center does. I expect at least double-digit rebounds and minimum like eight to 12 points in that range from like your serviceable center. And I, personally for me, I think overall the lack of experience on the Clippers roster, even though they do have a lot of veterans on that team they're all vets that they've never really done anything in the postseason so yes they have the veteran presence for the regular season but they don't have that for the postseason 
Uh, it's it's questionable, um, but if they can't find a way to stop Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, there's there's no hope because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going out there and scoring each like 30 apiece a night, and they've got to find a way to stop at least one of them without Kawhi Leonard. I know that Kawhi is your go-to defender, but you've got to have somebody step up. I know Terrence Mann is probably the most likely option, I guess, to step up in the place of Kawhi, but you know you just you have to have somebody. You have to have some sort of a game plan going into this. If you are the coach of the Clippers, if you have Kawhi on your roster, you know that, yes, he's a superstar, but you also know that he is going to probably sit out a few games, so you have to have a game plan around that. I just don't think that Ty Lue and the Clippers have a game plan around missing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Right. So I'm just hoping they can hang on long enough for Paul George to maybe come back because he there's a chance he may return like late in the series if it even goes to late in the series because right now it's not looking for sure that well. But, hey, people doubted Cleveland when they were down 3-1. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but... Well, the, the pe- Cavs have come LeBron. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? The Russell Cavs Westbrook have the like greatest for, player in NBA history on their roster. But yeah, the, you know uh, what, Pat? All right. The Clippers got Good Eric optimism. Gordon. The Clippers got Eric Gordon, man. I don't know what you're talking about. And Norman Powell. <laughs> and moving on to Mitch on that matter. Mitch, do you think that the Clippers are done? Yeah, Pat's a little more optimistic than me. I don't see the Clippers winning another game in this series. I think... If you don't have Kawhi and you also don't have Paul George, which are the two superstars that this whole team is built around, there's no chance you're going to beat a team with as many stars as Phoenix. Because we know it's a superstar team-built league. If your team has more superstars, you're about ten times more likely to win the game than any other team. And that's just been the facts for the past ten years. Ever since the Warriors. They ruined the league, and I'll stand by that. But the Suns have Chris Paul. They have... Kevin Durant, they have Devin Booker, they have DeAndre Ayton, who people forget about, but he is a force on the inside. And everybody plays a specific role as the superstar on that team. It's just such a well-built roster, in my opinion. But, yeah, the L.A. Clippers, they're dealing with injuries. Russell Westbrook has been playing very hard in this series, and I appreciate that because he's one of my favorite players of all time. He's been playing some pretty good defense, too, from what I've been seeing. But I think if you don't have Kawhi or PG, the series is over. Yeah, I think I agree with Mitch on this one. I don't see the Clippers coming away with this one. Russell Westbrook definitely has improved his play since being a Clipper, but I don't think he's going to be enough for them to come away with this one. The next game in that series will take place on Monday. Or not Monday, excuse me. The next game will take place on Tuesday between the Clippers and the Suns. Phoenix leading 3-1, to one, obviously. Next series that we have, I'm going to throw this one to Mitch first because you are, for some odd reason, a Jokic fan and a Nuggets fan. I, I couldn't tell you why, but <laughs> literally the most boring team in the NBA. But Nuggets, Timberwolves, Nuggets are leading 3-0. I personally don't see the Timberwolves winning a single game. I, I think the Nuggets sweep here. Mitch, I'll start with you as the Nuggets guy. Wait, I want to say it straight. I'm not really a Nuggets fan. I'm a Nuggets appreciator. I'm not. So you're boring? Sure. I'm not a fan, though. I have fans, I'd say Cavs, Thunder are my top two teams. Okay. But I respect what the Nuggets are more than you because you said the Kings are beating them. That's absurd. But the Kings are beating them, but continue. Insane. The Timberwolves are such an interesting team because, like, if they had a situation where every star on that team played the best possible in the same game, I think that's a really competitive team. And I think they showed that. When they played OKC, of course, which makes me a little upset, but Anthony Edwards 
has the potential to be a star. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I might have. I mean, that trade just, I don't know about that. But Rudy Gobert does have potential because we've seen what he can be in the past. If you return to form, I think he could be one of the better big men in the league. And Carl Anthony Towns, we know what he is. But it's just Carl Anthony Towns has a little attitude issue, and I think that could be a thing holding him back. But the Nuggets are they're way better of a team in most aspects than the Timberwolves. I think this is going to be another sweep, just like we saw a sweep just happen with Brooklyn, which I figure we'll be touching on later. But, yeah, this series, there's no light for the Timberwolves. They're not ready yet. The Nuggets are as ready as they ever will be, and that's the situation with this one. I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. If the Timberwolves spent less time fighting amongst each other, you know, then maybe. But they, they have no hope. I mean, honestly, going into the playoffs when that whole Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson, like, thing happened, I think that was, like, the kind of like the icing on the cake for them. Like, they're not getting out of this at all because the chemistry is obviously, like, very beaten up right now. You can see it in the way that they play. Like, even though... The last game that they did play against Denver, they only lost by about nine. That It's still like, you know, the chemistry's just not there. It's not clicking for them quite yet. I agree with what Mitch said, though. Like, if you have all of these players playing to the best of their abilities, there's no reason in my mind, because I said it before the season started, I thought the Timberwolves would be a top-three team in the West with how their roster was shaping up. Obviously, it's not working out that way. I don't think they're going to get a game at all <clears throat> because they have yet to find a real way to stop Michael Porter Jr. in this series. Michael Porter Jr. surprised me this series. I thought that when the Nuggets gave him that huge contract a few years back, I thought they were crazy. Clearly not, because he's the he's the man this series. They're doing a decent job shutting down Jokic overall, but MPJ. I, I, they, have not, they have not been able to find a way. Plus Jamal Murray the other night, I think he had, what, 41 points two games ago? And it's like they can stop Jokic, but they can't stop the rest of the squad. For so sure. It's got to be a sweep. I, I think it's got to be a sweep. I don't think Minnesota has a chance to even take one game. They, 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 just, they just don't. I'm going to have to agree. Like I said earlier, I think that the Timberwolves are just out of it. They fight amongst themselves, as you mentioned, Pat. I, I think the chemistry's not there. The coaching's not there. They're just not ready to be in this position, especially against a team like the Nuggets, who I do find very boring and will get beat by the Kings. <laughs> but it is what it is. And as we head near our break, this one might – this game – this series might take us a little bit longer to discuss. The Lakers now lead the Grizzlies 2-1 to after their win last night. Final score was 111-101. to But that is absolutely far from the storyline of this game in this series. Dylan Brooks and LeBron James. That's all you got to know. Monday, Dylan Brooks, in a press conference, did the most outlandish and dumb thing I've ever seen anybody in the NBA do. And that was poke LeBron James. Dylan Brooks's comment was, "He's old. I like to poke. I like to poke the bear, the bear, i.e., LeBron James." In this situation, LeBron had a press conference the next day where he was asked about this comment multiple, multiple times. LeBron got fed up and said, "I'm not here for this explicitive. Can't say it on the air." Walked away. Game comes around. LeBron approaches Dylan Brooks one-on-one, looks at him, makes a comment that nobody knows what he said, but there's a video of it. And Dylan Brooks smirked. They walked away from each other. And the rest was history at that point. 
Dylan Brooks did, in fact, poke the bear as LeBron James finished that game with 25 points, 36 minutes, 10 for 20 shooting, and a filthy dunk. But the biggest storyline is after all that trash talk, Dylan Brooks was ejected for a flagrant two on LeBron for punching him in the midsection area. We, you can kind of make an inference as to what that is. But do you think that this was dumb by Dylan Brooks? Because I just have never heard of anybody poking LeBron James like that. Like, did he, did he not learn from Klay Thompson? Look what happens when you poke LeBron. That's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing you can do in the NBA. So I'll throw it over to you guys. Because I just, I, I cannot believe somebody would ever be that dumb. I've been waiting for this because I also really do not like Dylan Brooks. And I'm going to start off with this. Um, Dylan Brooks, quite frankly, uh, you're still a nobody in this league. So stop trying to make your name relevant by trash-talking every star. Also, I think it's hilarious that when Dylan Brooks got ejected and there was the press conference after, he, did, he didn't show up. He declined to talk to the press. And that's another thing, too. To anybody who watches the Memphis Grizzlies, okay, um, just so you know, your team is what I'm about to say to the exact note. Your team is nobody at all. They just sit there and talk trash when they're winning, when they're up, right? Because who doesn't do that? But the minute that they are faced with any type of adversity or they are down in any way, shape, or form, they tuck their tails between their legs and they decline to do anything. They run away because that's all they are. And Dylan Brooks, you genuinely might be the dumbest player in NBA. You genuinely like Pat is on a tangent. Somebody, so somebody, check that man's IQ because okay? it is not okay, man. Because <laughs> what makes you think? Why do you, Dylan Brooks? Pat's face is red over here across the desk. I'm, He's hot. I he do hot. not like Dylan Brooks, and this is like I don't even like LeBron. Okay, but my thing is Dylan Brooks. What gives you the right to even talk that way to LeBron? Again, I don't like LeBron, but that gives you zero right. I know LeBron is aging, but he is still one of the best players in this league. I don't care that the Lakers are, what, the seventh seed, seventh or eighth mm-hmm. seed right Seven. now. I don't care about any of that. It's still LeBron James at the end of the day, and you know what he can do, and again, you're Dylan Brooks. You've been in the league for seven <laughs> years, and you only have 5,000 points. Like, dude, you he has no room to talk. At all. And not only that, oh, I'm sorry, you know, seven points, three for 13 shooting. Yeah, that sounds like a real competitive stat line there, Dylan Brooks. You should keep trash-talking LeBron. and uh, See see where it gets your team. Because I can assure you, uh, your team will keep going on eventually in the future, and you'll be with the Shanghai Sharks in China. <laughs> wow. Packing your bags. Because you're done. He's done. He is so... Mm. Oh, He's trying so hard to be like a Pat Bev. But the difference is people actually like Patrick Beverly. Nobody likes Dylan Brooks. People like Patrick Beverly. I like Patrick Bev. I love Pat Bev. I think he's Why? hilarious. Because you're I think a he's Clippers hilarious. fan. No, not even that. Not even that. That is not even that. I liked him when he was on the Rockets before any of that. I just think he's a character. But Dylan Brooks, on the other hand, uh, he is not a character. I really don't like that guy at all. Honestly, I feel like I don't even... I know I say I don't like John Morant, but I feel like I do like John Morant. I just don't like Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks is like the sole reason why I don't like the Memphis Grizzlies. He's trying too hard to like be this like I don't know he's trying to in my mind he's trying to act and sound like a player from the 80s or 90s you know what I mean so I, I just don't I don't like it and in this series it's you know again you can't you cannot make LeBron James mad it does not go well you saw what he did in 2016 I know that was again 2016 that was a few years ago 
But still, you saw what happened when Clay Thompson, like you said, Logan, he poked the bear. And what happened to the Golden State Warriors after Three to one they poked back. the bear? Exactly. So why would you ever, ever do that? Like, that just makes me mad. If, if I'm a member of the Grizzlies, I'm talking to the head coach and GM saying, hey, how do we get rid of this guy, like, now? I had him winning it. Not anymore. Dylan Brooks, I mean, you messed up, man. You messed up big time. I would absolutely agree, Pat. And when we come back, it is time for our next break. As I mentioned, full hour of NBA. So we will get Mitch's take on the situation here. I think Mitch has a little bit of a hot take that you're not going to want to miss. Right when we come back from break, a little bit more Dylan Brooks talk, a little bit more LeBron James talk, and then we'll hop into the Eastern Conference and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not going to want to miss it. Stick with us right here on Z88. What is going on, Sports Power Talk listeners? We are back for segment three and our or next part of our NBA talk heading into the Eastern Conference. But before we do that, if you missed our previous segment, we were talking about the Dylan Brooks LeBron James drama, and Pat Weber went off on Dylan Brooks. I got a I got a little angry. So uh, much I've, so, I've I've calmed myself <laughs> down a little bit, but uh... so much so. <laughs> That it took up a lot more time than I anticipated. So I now apologize. it's no, don't apologize, Pat, because that gives Mitch Bates the opportunity to start off this segment with his hot take rebuttal on the Dylan Brooks LeBron James segment. Mitch, I understand that you have something that you want to say. Yeah, Pat Weber was a little hot right there. I'm gonna have to cool him off real quick <laughs> with this one. Dylan Brooks, I've actually known who Dylan Brooks was since college. He went to Oregon. I like Oregon sports, so I knew who Dylan Brooks was. Coming into the league, he this whole new act for him, it's a completely new thing. Pat Weber hates it, and I love it. And here's the, thing. here's the thing. Dylan Brooks is doing exactly what he's supposed to do with one error. I think the error that he made is attempting his strategy against LeBron James. I don't agree with that in any stance at all because that is the wrong player to make angry. But... I think what Dylan Brooks is doing is genius. And you said he's a nobody, but everybody's talking about him. And we're sitting here talking about him on this podcast. Mm. Can't really, can't, can't be a nobody in that case. But I'll, I'll, I'll give him this. What he's doing to build his name up is it's, it's genius. Really. Exactly. He's so always going to have will, a job I will now. Agree. I, I will agree with you on that aspect. No, what, what he's doing is really genius. He's trying to be that Pat Bev type where he wants to get in your head. He wants to make you angry like he made me angry, like how he makes a lot of people angry. But like 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 you were saying, he he does that role very well. But then also, like you said, again, yeah, he tried it against LeBron. Right, but as yeah. far as the team shutting down and Logan, you can you can play that little sound all you want. <laughs> but they are the second seed for a reason, and the Lakers are the seventh seed. Hold on, for a no, 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 no. Come on. You think that they are the second seed because, Not of, because of Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks? No, no shot He's at all. John Morant, but John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr., and a piece that they're missing in this series, which I think was extremely important, Steven Adams. People forget about Steven Adams. He was their board machine. That dude's a statue. You're not going to move him. And Dylan Brooks plays the exact role that they need him to play. You've seen him frustrate players week in and week out, get their minds out of the game. Like, he's doing it for a reason. It's like, I don't know if anyone keeps up with influencer boxing, and what Chase Demore is doing, saying, oh, I want to fight Tyson Fury. I want to fight Deontay Wilder. Like, it's so very clearly a script that he has in his head, and it's working. I mean, it's getting everyone else upset. I think that's exactly what he wants. I think LeBron was the wrong player to do it to. There's probably some other players on the Lakers you could have worked that in with. 
But as far as them losing the series, I think they have a pretty good shot to win the series. They do have the defensive player of the year. He's one of the big men on the team. That means a lot when you're playing the Lakers. You know they got Anthony Davis. He's made of glass, but he's <laughs> he's stayed solid for this series. He's healthy. I think Dylan Brooks, keep doing what you're doing because the more it makes these people mad, the more they talk about you. And I think he has some solid performances in him, but I think he has to take some of this like personal too. It's clearly an act, but you have to take that LeBron James stuff personal. Now he's putting it on you. And you just got kicked out of the game and put up a terrible performance before that. I think if he really locks in as far as being a scorer and proving himself, I think the Grizzlies have a shot to win it. <laughs> I, I still got to give it to the Lakers, if I'm being honest. I mean, I guess my biggest complaint about this whole situation still is the fact that Dylan Brooks literally, like, he got a, he got ejected after obviously doing what he did to LeBron. Uh, but then not only that, but, you know, it's like you talk all of this trash. You talked all of this to get kicked out of the game and to not even give your thoughts during a press conference. You decline to talk to the media. It's almost like this is the first time I think that Dylan Brooks has really had somebody prove him wrong and he does not know what to do. So I'm happy that, like, he didn't know what to say because it made him look stupid. And I love it when he looks stupid because I just don't like him that much. It's the same thing with, like, Draymond Green and everything. But it, you're right. He should have picked somebody different on the Lakers to go after. Like, Anthony Davis would have been my pick. He would have been my pick because, I mean, I'm sorry. Anthony Davis is soft. Like, did you see the foul yeah. they got called on him, like, early in the game? He got his eyebrow, not even kidding, got brushed <laughs> by somebody's elbow. And I literally thought somebody punched him in the face with the way that he fell down to the ground. Like, he cannot be locked cut, in mentally. Cut the act. Acting. Even though I love soccer, acting is literally like that for soccer. It is to <laughs> buy extra time for your team. Please, for the love of God, oh, I'm going to stop. Because, again, no, I love soccer. But, like, again, I'm just kind of doing this. You know, like, you you see the players when they clearly flop to, like, buy extra sure. time. That's I'm sure fine. Abby over here does it all the time. That, see, like, that, that's <laughs> that's completely fine. But when, you are a, when you're, like, an NBA player like that, like, dude, go after the soft guy on the team, Dylan Brooks. Don't go after LeBron <laughs> James, I can't believe that we're, we have to say this. Don't go after LeBron. That's just common knowledge. There's like there's like a list of probably like 10 players you do not want to make mad. And he went past all other nine directly for number one. I, mm, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I'm going I'm to stop because I'm going to get mad again. <laughs> I'm going to give my take and then we'll move on from this situation. I think Pat is 100% correct. I, I don't think that... Dylan Brooks should have agitated LeBron James. Mind-blowing concept, right? Why why take off the guy that is now the NBA's all-time leading scorer? Why take off the guy who has time and time again proven that if you do that, you're going to lose? Why take off the guy who came back from 3-1 to one in the finals purely because somebody ticked him off? Especially the difference between Dylan Brooks and Klay Thompson. Is Klay Thompson had... A little bit. I don't want to say a right, but Clay Thompson had a little he, bit more he space. Has, he has more to room to take talk. somebody off. He has more room to talk. Dylan to Brooks <laughs> is a scrub. Dylan Brooks <laughs> yeah. can't be ticking anybody off. I don't care who you are. He can't be ticking off Roy Hachimura, let alone LeBron James. <laughs> this is who you are a nobody in the NBA. You are a flat out nobody. Mitch, quit shaking your head over there. Watch how the series ends. Watch you how think that Memphis Watch. is coming out of this series? Watch. 
Just watch. Dylan Brooks essentially absolutely delusional. Mitch. Dylan Brooks essentially just talked all that trash and just took one, just took a one punch knockout. Sending your rising essentially. star, Mitch. <laughs> Whoa! I don't know about that's that crazy. one. That's, that's crazy. crazy. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. Mitch. I, 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 I'd say the series. We could all agree goes to what, like six games. We can all fairly agree on that. I think. Yeah, I say Lakers six. and six. Especially but if Jaw if Jaw's healthy and playing. Yes, well, I mean, and he's been going off regardless of all the other antics. He had a forty-five point game last night, and you know you can't discredit that at all. Dylan's taking all that pressure off him. The whole media was around Ja. Dylan's like, "Let me handle this, bro. I don't score anyway, so let me just play this role." And Ja Morant got he, he less wants pressure to play on him. that Pat Bev type. The only thing is, like, I, I feel like everybody knows that Pat Bev is joking when he does it as like a whole because like he's been doing it for so long. But like Dylan Brooks. A lot of people don't joking. really know, you know what I mean? But it's just like, uh He's pushing so hard that I think it's obvious he's joking. Like, Wait, I, I think that's what makes everybody a little bit more mad about it. It's exactly. Like, oh, it's like, why are you trying so hard to be something that you are not? That's why it works. Like, you are not this, you are not that guy. You are not, I remember I saw the ESPN, like, uh, graphic, and it said, you are not him on the top comparing Dylan Brooks and LeBron James. And all I had to see was that you are not him, followed by the, what, over 36,000 points to the just recently breached 5K. And I was like, yep, <laughs> that's, that's all you need to see to know. I think he's going to walk away with this one. I would agree. I think that I just I see the Lakers coming away in six. I agree with you guys there. But it's time to move on to the Eastern Conference series. Is starting with the 76ers and the Nets. Probably the most uneventful series that we've had, despite the injury to Joel Embiid. The Nets did sweep. The, excuse me. The 76ers did sweep the Nets four to zero. Looking ahead, not much to talk about for the Nets here. So let's start with the 76ers. Will Joel Embiid's nagging injury affect them going forward? Yes. Uh, they kind of had an easy first round because even though the Nets, yes, they made the playoffs, it was the same situation back in, I think it was 2018 with the Clippers, where they had had like Blake Griffin to start the season, DeAndre Jordan, pardon me, to start the season, and they were playing well. They got a good enough record, but then they shipped off all their stars, kind of crumbled a little bit, fell back. Um, it, it's It was that type of a situation. They had no stars, nobody to really rely on, scoring the ball whatsoever. Um, so the Sixers, they got graced with a very easy first round. I, I think this was the only series I saw initially, like, this is going to end in a sweep before uh, the uh, postseason started. But if Joel Embiid does not um, get healthy before the next round, I don't see the Sixers making it because Joel Embiid, he is the key man in this roster, and you can't expect to make a far run in the playoffs without your number one guy, the guy who's probably going to win MVP, in in my opinion. You cannot have a long, sustained run without him healthy. For sure. Mitch? Yeah, I agree with Pat 100%. I think Joel Embiid needs to be on the court. There have been Sixers who show flashes of being able to score really well, like Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. But as far as the Nets series goes... I appreciate the Nets for what they did because that team was, like, left behind. They had already made the playoffs, and then they made the deals to get rid of the Stars, and that team's like, oh, we're still in the playoffs, so we have to go play a top-level team with a team that's not anywhere near built yet. And the finish to Game 3, because I watched Game 3 pretty much for the entire second half, and the finish to that game enraged me. Because why are you letting Spencer Dinwiddie 
take the clutch time shot, and it's just a contested layup, then Joel Embiid's like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And then Royce O'Neal passes the ball in directly to a Sixers player. That really made me mad just because I feel like they could have pushed, like that could have flipped momentum in the tiniest bit. And with Joel Embiid dealing with the injury, I think that would have meant a lot. But Sixers going far in the playoffs, I don't know. The answer is absolutely no without Joel Embiid. But with him, it's debatable. But I could see it, I guess. For sure. I think without Joel Embiid, the Sixers are in trouble depending on who they play. But they are still a great team, and the 76ers will be all right. But let's flip over to the Nets side. Now that the Nets are eliminated, you know, they started the season, like you mentioned, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Did not end the season that way. What should the Nets do next? You know, this is the second time that the Nets have really been through this process. Should the Nets try to build around Michael Bridges, or do you think that they should just maybe tear it up and try and rebuild and see what they can do once again? This this franchise is a cursed, cursed franchise, and I do feel bad for Brooklyn Nets fans. You're right, this isn't the second time they've had to go through this. First time was with uh, Joe Johnson, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Now it was with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. At some point, it's almost to them, you know, like I said, it's it's like a when is it going to end kind of a cycle, if that makes, I guess, like any sense. Uh, they just got to rip it up. I, I mean, keep Mikhail Bridges because he's a phenomenal player. He's an up-and-coming for star sure. for sure. I keep but, him and Cam Johnson. I, yeah, Cam Johnson. Too. I, I would even say maybe keep Spencer Dinwiddie just because he's been there for a while. He understands the system pretty well. But what did what did Kyle Kuzma call him? Oh, we can't say it on air. I, I totally <laughs> forgot. I despise Spencer Dinwiddie too. I, th- really? I, I, I don't like, Spencer like Dinwiddie. him at all. He took like so him. many dumb shots. In the, it, it takes a lot of dumb series. shots, but I, I like him. They I couldn't mean, afford to have that. Like in that situation, I don't know if you need him back. Uh, I'm, but you got I mean, I just look at their situation as a you know they, they really had no there there was no way they were going to even take a game in this series. So it was kind of like a see what works kind of like I think for the Nets in this series it was kind of a looking at who can we keep like who on this team is salvageable Mm -hmm. and who are we for sure going to get rid of I think is what this series kind of turned into for them and they only really have three people that should take two for sure three like I said maybe Spencer Dinwiddie but that's just because he can then be your uh, veteran on that team but it, it, you got to rip it up. I know it. I know it's going to suck for Nets fans, but you've you've got to just rip it up and I guess start from scratch again. What second time in like ten years? They do be ripping it up Woo. a lot. And ripping it up is never should have left New Jersey. <clears throat> it is hard. It's it's hard to tear your team apart. But I just don't see what future the Nets really have right now, other than Michael Bridges, maybe Cam Johnson. I'm not a Spencer Dinwiddie guy either. I, I don't see what the point of keeping him around. Really <laughs> I like is. Nick Claxton, though. Claxton's good. He's yeah. underrated, I think. Nick Claxton is a very good player. I think the Nets definitely should look ahead in the nicest way possible. Moving on to our next series between the Boston Celtics and Jake Myrna Goats, Atlanta Hawks. Jake Myrna Goat, your team is down 2-1 to one to the Boston Celtics. A good the win that the Hawks did get was a very good win. I'll fully admit that. So let's start off on the Celtics side of the ball. How can Boston take full control of this series? I I'll think, kick it over to you guys. I think they do have full control really? over this series. I think even though they did drop the game last night, I mean, they only lost by eight. So I think they still do have full full control. It just kind of boils down to, you know, Al Horford didn't play the best. That, that's all it boils down to. If he contributes what he normally does with the average, what, like 10, 12 points that he might get, they win that game. So it, it just boils down, you know, having 
maybe just a little bit more consistency, but it, it's still going to be Celtics in five or six. I think the Hawks kind of got lucky with that one. Uh, I guess is the best way to put it. They kind of, I think they might have caught the Celtics in a little bit of an off night. But yeah, we we saw how the Celtics handled the first two games. There's no doubt in my mind that they're going to walk away with the series in five. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the Celtics definitely have control of this series. I think if you just let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do what they do best, the Hawks shouldn't be a serious threat. The Hawks are also a team that don't tend to put two games back-to-back together. They'll be like one game, they score like a ton of points, and they'll be absolutely on fire. Cavs fans saw it up close and personal later in the year, but I don't think the Hawks are a threat to what the Boston Celtics are trying to do. They have excellent role players on that team, too. Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. And I think if they keep doing what they were doing, it should not be a problem with Atlanta at all. I absolutely agree. I think Boston has control of this series, will remain in control of this series. And honestly, my opinion is swayed just because I'm not a big Jake Marina Goat fan, and I don't I don't want to <laughs> like the Hawks. But hey, Jake Marina Goat, I, I do have to give you the shout-out, man. It was time to give you the follow. You did earn it. For those of you who listen to the show, it's been a long-standing thing that Jake Myrna Goat is our biggest fan of this show, and I was the only person in WZIP that is on the platform of Twitter that does not follow him. And I finally decided that I was going to give him the nod. So Jake Myrna Goat, it, it was about time, man. Gotta give a round I'm, of applause I'm still not a go. big fan of you, but <laughs> we, can, we can be at peace. I will give you a follow, and I will read all of your dumb tweets about the Atlantic Hawks. <laughs> but sticking with the topics of the Hawks, what do the Hawks need to do to put the pressure on Boston in order to possibly come away with this series? You've got to find a way to stop Jason Tatum. Like, point, period, end of it. You've got to find a way to shut him down, and that is a near-impossible task. That's that's what it is. If you can take away Jason Tatum, the Boston Celtics are a very beatable team. But that's the issue, is you you can't shut down Jason Tatum. You can try. I've seen so many players try, and it just it does not happen. Yeah, the Hawks don't have the designated player to stop him. I think that's a big problem. I don't think the Hawks are a poorly built team. Like, I think they have a lot of talent. You know, with John Collins, I can appreciate what he does. Trey Young, obviously. DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella. Even guys like Sadiq Bey off the edge, or off the bench, rather. But... I just don't think they have what it takes to stop the Boston Celtics. I think they have the scoring talent for sure. But when it gets to the defense, I don't think that there's enough on that team to beat Boston. No, I don't think that they have enough either. Trey Young is a fantastic player, don't get me wrong. But I just think the Hawks are not really in a position to beat them. One thing I will give the Hawks, though, and I'm going to get absolutely clowned for this, but <laughs> Jake Murray and a goat, and I might agree. I think Deuce is the most annoying kid of all time. No, nah, that's a fact. Thank you. That, I don't, that is a I'm going to get clowned because the kid's like two. You're talking about a kid? Yes. I I'm did talking not know about Jason Tatum's kid. Deuce drives me crazy. Dude, he's a menace. All he does, <laughs> I think he's a All he does is I, try to fight people like he has bullets. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. I, just, I, I will admit it, that it, it'll it be is cool. hilarious. It would be cool to be Jason Tatum's kid, but cool it, Deuce, man. Cool it, Deuce. What are you, Israel Adesanya trash-talking children? What's going <laughs> on? What is going Deuce, on? Deuce, I get it. He's like two, man, but he's acting like he's like 40. <laughs> like, I don't like Deuce. I, 
are not a Dean. He's, he's a little bit annoying, but I gotta go. He's funny. <laughs> I think. He, I think. He, it's I think funny, he's funny, but sometimes, like, man. Deuce, come on, man. Uh, he's, he's walking up to these NBA players, like we're talking like six, eight, and above, and he's just like trying to fight him. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Respect. He just, and he's funny, Respect but I've that. just seen flashes of dude like looks very entitled, and I mean, he is. He's Jason, he's Jason kid, Tatum's but like, kid. <laughs> all right, you know what? I'm gonna stop because the kid is like two years old. So I'm, I'm gonna hop off of Deuce Tatum. <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna move on to our next start, series, oh, on, real quick. Let's start a debate. All right, who's more annoying? Deuce or DeMar DeRozan's daughter? Deuce. Oh, Deuce. <laughs> I, I think DeMar DeRozan's daughter is hilarious. That I thought was, that was hilarious, that too. That was so funny. But, like, I mean, we all saw how Twitter, like, okay, sorry, we all saw how Toronto Raptors Twitter reacted to that, right? I, I yeah. wasn't the only one. All right, just saying, uh, both of them, they can be a little bit annoying, don't get me wrong, but they're kids, man. They're you children. Know, they're, they're kids. I, I feel like everybody thinks kids are just, like, a little bit annoying, but mm-hmm. they're kids, you know? They don't they don't know what we know. That's, just, that's what you got to do. For sure. Moving on to our next series, and this is my favorite series that we get to talk about here. It is between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat are now up 2-1 to one on the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I will fully admit, as a Heat fan, Giannis Antetokounmpo not playing is a big asterisk. Yep. <laughs> I, I will fully admit that. But yep. hey, I do not care. The Miami Heat are up 2-1 to one on their pursuit to the NBA Finals, which will be accomplished but don't roll your eyes. You know it's true. Uh, no, you it's, know it's no, true. It is not you true. Know it's it is true. not true. That you is, know what? No. Jake Martin likes to clown me all the time and use this clip. I'm going to just use it myself. Culture yeah, will get us there, so okay. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. He's on the. F- the culture will get us there, Pat. No, the culture no. will get us there. He the likes Bucks to play that clip that. to embarrass me. I'm going to play it to strengthen my the argument. The Bucks here. not having Giannis is the. Doesn't matter. It's so lucky. I don't care. So lucky. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We don't have Tyler Hero. What's Whoopity oh, don't you okay. compare Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero to Giannis. Tyler Hero is a bigger loss to the Miami Heat than Giannis what? on the Bucks. <laughs> that might be. Hold on. That might have just been. No. This is coming from me. This is coming no. from me. That might be the worst sports take no, I have not. ever Tyler heard. Hero is more of a valuable piece to the We're Miami talking. Heat situation. Then We're Giannis Antetokounmpo is We're the talking Bucks. about the man that is the entirety of the Bucks roster. I'm talking don't about care, the only Pat. reason Tyler this team Hero is good means more to, to this Tyler young Hero. Heat roster than Giannis Antetokounmpo means to the Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks can play without Giannis. No, they why Tyler they <laughs> The Heat needs oh, Tyler Hero. My no, uh, uh-uh. uh. See, oh here's, man, you here's, guys. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. The Heat still have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Kevin Love, they still got Kevin Love is trash. Kyle Lowry Don't coming up the bench. Don't even tell me you still. just use Kevin Love. I'm still using him because who do the Bucks have? Chris Middleton. Who else other than Chris Middleton? Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is bad. Brooke He's- Lopez was a Defensive Player of the Brooke Year candidate. Lope. He, he did not deserve second. that. He did not he deserve that. He scored six seconds. points. He scored six <laughs> points. He got seconds, but he scored six points. Oh He's not my. good. I'm just looking at the overall roster. The Bucks not having Giannis is more glaring. No, than it is than not. He- yes, it is. Oh my goodness! Tyler Hero is way more valuable oh, to the no Heat way. roster than Giannis Antetokounmpo is to the Bucks. That's the Bucks blasphemy. are a successful That's NBA blasphemy. championship team right now because of Giannis. It because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh. Because Take, of Giannis that they are there. Tyler Hero provides so much more off the bench than when Giannis Antetokounmpo provides as a starter. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemous. That is, that is insane. Blasphemous. 
That is blasphemy. Yo, he's getting me oh, high. I'm, that's my, crazy. That's, Pat. Cheaper and a goat just said that I'm right. What? Whoa. I'm right. There's no way. Tyler Hero is so much more valuable to the Miami Heat on the floor than Giannis Antetokounmpo is to the Bucs. So you think the I whole think season? Take, yeah, I think take Giannis Antetokounmpo away from the Bucs. They are still a three seed. Take that's Giannis ridiculous. away from hey, Giannis, Take Giannis away from the Bucs. The Bucs aren't even making the play. The Bucs are eight seed. They're in the play-in tournament. They're not. No, they're, not even, making, they're, they're not, not even making the play-in. Because we literally saw how they play without Giannis. Giannis contributes. Nuts. There's a reason why Giannis is an MVP candidate every single season. Oh, man. Every single season he is an MVP candidate. He contributes triple doubles like no other player other than maybe Russell Westbrook in 2017. We're seeing Giannis at a whole nother level. And we're talking about the guy who is one of the market faces of this league. A worldwide name. I, you see his jerseys everywhere. You see the impact he's had on the organization everywhere. Without Giannis, the Bucks are nothing. But you take away Tyler Hero from the Heat, the Heat still have something to go with, is the argument that I'm trying to make. is Without Tyler Hero, you still have Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo. You've still got good contributors that can fill the shoes a little bit. Like I'm not saying they're going to play up to the level of Tyler Hero, but they can still fill those yeah. shoes a little bit. There's nobody on the Bucks roster that can even come close to filling the shoes that Giannis has whatsoever. The like, Bucks are still a three seed without no, Giannis. Not. That's insane. Chris Middleton is not that good. The Dude. Bucks are still a three seed without Giannis. No, take way. Tyler Hero away from the Heat's roster this season. They don't make the playoffs. There's just, and that's coming from a fan of the Heat. But there's that's different. No way. That's different than saying take Giannis away from the Bucks. No, it is an not. MVP candidate. We're and talking a guy going that to be gets a 37 point triple doubles, like as like a normal Every stat day. line, as a normal stat line. Nah, that's what I, we're talking about. I'm Compared talking to, about value to their team. Exactly. Okay, Tyler Hero is astronomically more valuable <laughs> to the Miami Heat than Giannis Antetokounmpo is to the Bucks. I will say that over and I'm, over and over again. I'm just going to give my final opinion on that because I'm going to start getting really angry. Uh, that's <laughs> blasphemous, so I'm going to just... That, uh, that's my final That's what I'm known for up here, Pat. That's what I'm known for, making blasphemous it, takes, and Jake Murren's not here to stop me today. Jake Murren can't mute my mic today. <laughs> we need... Some, somebody get behind the board. <laughs> this is insane. Nobody's I need my to get mic back today. There. I'm going to get back there. Oh, wow. Man, wow. heated argument, but before we head to break, let's get back to the actual wow. series. Who wins quickly? Mitch, who wins this series? Yeah. With um, the losses of Giannis and Tyler Hero. If if Giannis remains out the whole series, Hero is out the whole series. Giannis out the whole series and Hero out the whole series. I'm going to prove our point even more. The Miami Heat are going to win the series. And I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are enough to help lead this team over Miami when they have... So much more depth and so many more players that are going to step up in the big moments. It's going to be a Miami series if that's the finish here. 100%. I mean, regardless of if Giannis comes back, I still think the series is going to come down to the wire, probably six or seven games. But it's going to go in the heat if Giannis does not come back because, Mitch, like you were saying, there's just there's no depth on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. They have to rely on Giannis, and they, they, they have nobody else. Because I'm sorry, but when your second-leading scorer, like looking past Drew Holiday, so your third-leading scorer is Grayson Allen with 14, and he is your third-leading scorer in that game, that is like glaringly obvious that, hey, we have a problem when Giannis is not healthy and on the court. 
So I'm going to have to give it to the Heat in this one because if Giannis doesn't come back, there's no chance they have there's they have no chance of winning the series whatsoever. I'm giving it to the Heat because the Heat are the best team that there is, was, and ever will be. And uh. no, there's no question about it, guys. But that's going to do it for this segment. You know, we didn't get to the Cavs as for that massive argument, so I am going to push the Cavs over to our next segment. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll be the Cavs. It'll be a little bit of MLB and, of course, our Hot Mike segment. You're not going to want to miss it as we round out the last 30 minutes of our show. Stick with us right here on WZIP. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk. After a very heated third segment between me, myself, Mitch Bates and Pat Weber. We got a lot more to go in our show, starting off with, of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is time to let them know as the Cavaliers take on the New York Knicks in just under 30 minutes at Madison Square Garden. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the Cavs before we get into our hot mic <laughs> segment and, of course, our MLB Player of the Week to end the show. I... Starting off with the Cavs shooting struggles in Game 3. The Cavs are the first team in the NBA this season to score under 80 points in any aspect. Horrible. That's abysmal. I'm sorry, but, like, just, you know, when when I take a look at, you know, the roster and everything here, it's, where's Jarrett Allen? Where did he go? That is my first question. I Where is he? This guy is supposed to be one of our best players. He contributes night in and night out, and he has been asleep basically this entire series. I don't know where he's gone. Other than him, it was a pretty solid performance, what you'd expect, but we still, like you said, the shooting struggles. Like, we have got to find ways to capitalize on our shooting because we have the roster to make it far. I know we don't have the experience to make it far, but there's no way that we score under 80 points to the to the Nets. Or not the, sorry, not the Nets, the, the Knicks. Of all teams, the Knicks. Ugh. Mitch? Look, I made a strong <laughs> case for the Knicks earlier on. When I was on one of my first episodes of SPT, I said the Knicks could take it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I still believe that. I know they're a very strong team. I think they're stronger than Cleveland fans are giving them credit for. But it's just, it feels like the problem is not with the Knicks. It feels like it's within the Cavaliers team. For sure. Where is Jared Allen at? He had a half-decent game one because he had 14 rebounds. I feel like that's what you ask of him. And... You haven't heard his name called since that game. 37 minutes for six points. Like, that is unbelievably horrible. That is horrible. He's supposed to be top three on the team. Mm -hmm. You cannot be producing like that. Not to mention Darius Garland, too. I mean, come on. I was just about to say, are you guys worried about Darius Garland? I am so worried about Darius Garland. He looked like a guy... to quote a total dad reference, dude looked like a deer in headlights. Oh, he He looked like he... He looked scared. He looked like he was playing his first away playoff game in one of the biggest venues of the world and guess what he was mm-hmm. and he it, it sure proved it 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 shows on this roster that like the inexperience that this team has it is showing like a lot like the Knicks I know they don't have a lot of experience either but they're more experienced than we are to say the least and it like I said it is showing I will say it was a mm-hmm. very smart move starting Karis LeVert in that game because, you know, like I say, you get Karis LeVert on the floor and you can get him shooting. Like, he's going to contribute a solid amount of points. He contributed 17, but at the same time, I don't want Karis LeVert, who scored 17 points, to be our second leading scorer in a playoff game. I For sure. That is not something no. that you want to have. He should be, like, third, maybe even fourth on that list scoring 17 <clears throat> points. He should not be number two. Thankfully, we have Donovan Mitchell because we would have lost by way more if we didn't have Donovan. This year's would be over by now oh, if we didn't have Donovan Mitchell. 
it's the, we, uh, we can't rely on just him to no. carry us this far because it's like it seems like that's what we're doing. We're expecting Donovan Mitchell because you know again I know he's Donovan Mitchell. Right. You know he's having I'd say probably his best career season ever. Yes, but we cannot rely on just one guy to take you there. Like that very rarely works. I think the last time that one man alone took a team to the NBA Finals would be the Dallas Mavericks in 2011-2012. For sure. Oh, yeah. That was the last time a single player led his uh, team to the promised land. I don't know, man. I think mm. 2018, LeBron okay, pretty 20, much took his team by himself. 2018, yeah. Remember I'll, that graphic? That. between It was Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And on the other side of the graphic, it was LeBron James, Kyle Korver, and Tristan Thompson. I, I will I will give you that, but I'm saying like take take you there and then also win it because okay, we know we, we know how that turned out for the fair guys. Point. Not great, the, uh, but we we cannot rely on him. And it's like you know no. we did this with LeBron, so it's like I know that right. you know Cleveland fans like we're down and out because you know we we seem to have like horrible luck when it comes to our teams and how they want to perform under pressure and in yeah. good and in clutch situations like this, but like. What we're doing is we're doing like basically exactly what we did with LeBron when he was on the team. We are trying too hard to rely on one single player to carry us there. And I know Donovan Mitchell is very, very good, but I'm, he's not LeBron James. For sure. He is not. He himself alone cannot carry this team. And that's what I know Cleveland fans, that's what we're used to seeing. We're used to being in these positions where we watch LeBron James carry us in any way that we need him to take us. He is that guy that will carry us to wherever we need. We don't have that anymore. I know we're dropping the game to the Knicks, but I still think we'll win the series. I'm still feeling abundantly confident. Now, I know I said Cavs in five. Obviously, that is not going to happen. But I still think we can walk away with this series. We just have to find a way. I think this was a, I think this was a good time to slip up. We're still kind of early sure. in the series. I know it was the first away game that we have to play. We play again tonight. Hopefully, those nerves are out of the system. I know Madison Square Gardens, it is one of the hardest arenas to play in in basketball. Mm-hmm. Because New York Knicks fans, they are diehard, and they are they are loud, they are rowdy, they are like the epitome of like what you want your fan base to really kind of be as a whole with how they are with the team. But I think we got those nerves out, and mm-hmm. I, if we did get those nerves out, you know, it just boils down to you know we have got to get the chemistry cooking a little bit again. I say still come out with the same starting five that you started last game. You know, keep Karis Levert in that starting rotation because he's contributing. Mm-hmm. He is contributing, and all we need is just. A little bit more. We we need Darius Garland to step it up for just sure. A little bit. If he can step it up and just play, I'm saying you know he can even play under a little bit how he played in the regular season. Yeah. All I'm asking is you know don't you know four for twenty one is unacceptable. Like just flat out from a superstar player that is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Especially one for seven from the three. Again, unacceptable. He's supposed to be one of our sharpshooters. That is like I, again I can't say it enough. It is unacceptable for him to be doing that. I know it's his first away series. I know the inexperience is definitely there. But he just has to calm down. Like this team as a whole, they got to calm down. I, I when I watch him play, the best way I can describe the Cavs when they've been playing in this postseason is like watching like a K through four, like kindergarten through fourth grade range, like AAU style basketball. They're playing way too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no stopping. You know, trying to like gather yourself. It's like they're just trying to fire on all cylinders way too quickly and it's not working. Right. That's not that's that's not how this team played in the regular season, so why are you trying to play like that in the postseason? Right. I know it's a I know it's a levels above. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But if you just keep playing like how it's been working, I promise you you will win the game. So I don't know why it seems like they're trying to change their style of play and the pace that they want to push. Because yeah. it's not working. It's not working. 
They just got to settle it down. And I, I promise you, they settle down. There is no reason why we don't walk away with the series. For sure. Mitch, before you give your take, I have two breaking news that came out in the past five minutes. Okay. For this series, relevant, Quentin Grimes is out for Game 4. Josh Hart will start in his place. But has nothing to do with this series. But not to incite another argument, but... This just in, per Adrian Wojnarowski, the NBA will not suspend Dylan Brooks for his flagrant foul. What? Perfect. What? Excuse me. And in the NBA, for those of you who don't know, if you receive a flagrant two, you are suspended for the following game. That has happened to Draymond, and I guarantee you Draymond Green comments on this. And honestly, I'm going to defend Draymond Green. He has has every every right right. to be upset that he He was suspended because he just did something similar and got suspended. Dylan Brooks did something that was worse. First of all, because of where Dylan Brooks Think, did hit LeBron, that is significantly worse. And got suspended. Like I, I know Steven Adams. Exactly. And that one, I would even argue to say was more accidental than sure. what Dylan Brooks did. That is horrible. That is unacceptable. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't like Draymond Green whatsoever, but if he wants Mitch, to have a say in this, over there, bro. if he wants to have a say in this, he it. has every single right to complain about this because that is an unacceptable decision that the NBA has just made. Hey, Dylan Brooks lover over here, what, what's your take? Uh, I think it's a great decision. <laughs> play ball. You, uh, that is your <laughs> second play. most delusional point <laughs> today. Play I can, ball. I can Don't just say see, second. I, I can just see Mitch over there definitely be in the, let him play. Let him play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but moving back to the Cavaliers, uh, we talked a little bit about Jared Allen concerns. Let's talk a little bit about Evan Mobley concerns. Evan Mobley is the most touch-and-go player I've ever seen. He is either on fire or not even in the building. You know, he, you know What Evan Mobley do you expect tonight or this I, afternoon? I expect the on-fire Evan Mobley, but I do think it's weird. You know who Evan Mobley's like play style kind of reminds me of? He kind of reminds me of X. And the aspect of he is so hit or miss. Like, if he's on fire, oh, he's on fire. Like, you can't stop him. But if he can't get going, then he really can't get going. For sure. And, I mean, but my my thing is, like, he's still very young. And he's still contributing a decent amount. Like, he still contributed a double-double despite the 20-point loss. You know, he still chipped in 10 rebounds, 10 points. You can't really ask too much. I know he's supposed to be one of our go-to guys. But, again, he's still so young that, like, I don't want to put all that pressure on him. Now, I know, again, like, that might counter-argue my statement about Darius Garland, but, you know, Darius Garland's been on this roster a lot longer than Evan Mobley has. He's had more time to build himself, and I don't want to say, like, prepare himself for this type of a situation and going into the postseason, but he has had time. Evan Mobley's had, what, one season? You know, so, and not to mention he was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I think he should have won, personally. Mm-hmm. But nothing, nothing to... um Nothing to worry about, I think, with him whatsoever. He's still building. It's his second season, and he's already contributing in a lot of ways on the court in the postseason. So I see no reason to be worried about you know how he's contributing because even on his off nights, he's still contributing like, over 10 points except for that first game. Um, but, I mean, since then, he's still contributed you know decently. So there's, I, sure. I, I think that Cavs fans, look at it, look at it as, as this. Don't be worried about Evan Mobley at all. Like he's still, It's his second season. Stop treating him like he's... You know, I don't know, like a 15-year vet. He's It's his second season. Give him time to develop, and I promise you, when we're back in the postseason next season, he'll be even better. I, I can assure you that. Mitch, give your take before we wrap up our Cavaliers talk. It depends where you hold Evan Mobley's ceiling to, because I know a lot of people that are extremely satisfied with what he's given the team so far, and I know other people that expect 35 and 11 every night, and it's just unrealistic in my opinion. I think that... 
As far as Evan Mobley goes, the Cavs are fine. And as far as Darius Garland and Jared Allen go, the team is not fine. And what was mentioned earlier by Pat was that they're kind of depending on the one-man, carry-us-through, powerhouse type of thing. And I don't think that's how the team was originally built. I think it was built with the young stars that have great potential and some underrated players that are all going to put it together and relieve Donovan Mitchell of some of that carry the team energy that he's had like back in Utah and I don't think it's been working well they obviously it's their first playoff series together as a group but the Knicks it's pretty much the same thing like the Knicks just built this team that they're running with right now too so I think that's the part that has me worried I think they'll put it back together and play a complete game in MSG tonight I hope they win but I think if the Cavs had Tyler Hero, we'd probably win every single game and win the finals. So, man, <laughs> you guys just don't get it. Yeah, you know, if, if we had Giannis Antetokounmpo, that would not be the same case. Probably be the three seed. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh, guys, my take on the Cavs is they have to win tonight or this is over. If they win yep. tonight, they still have hope. That's the way I look at it. And you know what, guys? That's going to round out our NBA talk. Finally went well over my expected time limit for that. But good arguments, guys. I'm I'm proud of you guys, but I'm not proud of you guys that you don't recognize that Tyler Hero is more valuable oh, than Giannis we're, we're, we're not, we don't we're have time for this again. argument. We're not we don't have that. time for this argument. But <laughs> what we do have time for is you, the listeners. And that means it is time for our Hot Mic segment. This is a segment we do every week where you, the audience, get to tweet at us, and we will answer your questions live on air. Make sure next, for next week you get follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports and get your get your replies in for any questions you may have for us, sports related or not. Let's get right into it, guys. Starting off with th- three questions coming in from Zachary Stratton. Question number one: How do we feel about the Cavs at this point? Is it time to hit the abort button and shift to next season, or can they write the shift? Kind of touched on this one, so we'll kind of pass over it, but quickly just reiterate your opinion. I think stay, stay we're with good. what we're doing. We're, we're good. good. Yeah, we're good. We're all right. Zach's next question. Which team has been the biggest surprise of the NBA playoffs so far? This is a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Probably the – if we're going overall with, like, seeding-wise, I'd say the Lakers. Uh, but I don't really know. I feel like there aren't really many surprises in this postseason that we've really seen. Uh, the only, like, big surprise, I guess, to start off was uh, the Clippers, what, like, winning game one over the Suns maybe, and that might have been about it. For sure. Yeah. I think maybe the Kings going up on the Warriors because I heard a lot of people saying, oh, Warriors are going to make the finals. And I feel like that kind of was a narrative that was ran with that I didn't necessarily understand, but Kings are up on them now, so that could be surprising. For me, and I'm not even saying this as a fanboy, for me it's the Miami Heat. They came in on the play-in, and they're up 2-1 on the Bucks right now, with or without Giannis. doesn't matter. The Heat were expected to get swept. Not by me, because they're going to win the finals. But the Heat were expected to get swept. And here we are, they're up 2-1. And then Zach's third question is, it's April, so it's early, but how do we feel about the Guardians? Pat, I'm going to let you take this one. Hit the panic button. Oh, we have no (laughs) pitching. Please hit the panic button. We have a guy starting today that has never pitched in the MLB before. Mm. If that tells you where our pitching rotation is at. You know, it's definitely time to panic a little bit. Uh, I saw Shane Bieber get lit up by the Miami Marlins yesterday. So that is not something to feel great about. Uh, yeah, it's it's shaky. It's really shaky right now, and it's weird because normally Guardians Indians in the past, whichever you want to go with, still 
starting pitching is probably the only bright spot on our on our entire roster because we don't have good bats. We don't necessarily have the best relief, but like our pitching overall, like bullpen starting all of it has been abysmal this season. I have no idea why, but it's bad. For sure. Our next question comes in from our leader, our sports director currently, Mr. Jake Murren, who is out for a cool reason today, and I'm going to answer it after his question. Uh, Jake says, time to flex, Logan. Talk about the WZAP Awards Banquet. Proud of you, and thanks for hosting today. Jake, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I'll start with Mitch. As I mentioned before, Mitch won WZIP's Rising Star Award. Mitch, super happy that you finally joined us up here. Wouldn't want it any other way. You're fantastic. You've done fantastic. Every time I've been on with you, keep up the great work. Uh, I was recognized as Outstanding Sports Contributor for this, this year, but... Forget that. Forget me. Forget Mitch. Forget Pat. At the end of Jake's tweet, there's a ring at the end of this tweet. And for the listeners, I am so proud to make this announcement. And I did confirm that this was okay to announce. Long in the making, our sports director, Mr. Jake Murren, is now engaged to his amazing girlfriend, Aaliyah Craig, soon to yes. be Aaliyah Murren. Super happy for you guys. Jake, I know that you've been planning this for so long. I'm so happy for the both of you, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds. Awesome people. Jake, I appreciate you, and best of luck to you and your future wife in all of your endeavors. So, everybody, make sure you tweet at Jake Murren. Congratulate him on his engagement. Fantastic accomplishment for him. Something that not many people in this world find that early in life. So, good for Jake. Good for Aaliyah. Super happy for both of you, and hope to see what the future holds. Our next questions come in from Jake Murren's number one fan. Jake Murren, a goat. Uh, thoughts on Jamison Williams' suspension? We kind of touched on this earlier, so I'm going to kind of pass over it for time reasons. But we did say, if you didn't hear earlier, Mr. Murren, a goat, that Jamison Williams is a significant suspension for the Lions, as Mitch touched on. Next up, this one, you know, I'm going to throw to Pat. Who's better, Kawhi or KD? Also from Jake Murray. Oh, I know it's Kevin Durant, but that's such a hard thing. Okay, no way you just said that's a hard thing. Okay, well here, here's here's how I look at it. Okay, like st- like realistically looking at this, there's only been one player to ever really stop Kevin Durant, and that player that's always stopped Kevin Durant is Kawhi Leonard. Can't play back to backs. Uh, used to be before Zaza Pachulia, who is still number one on my players that I still hate list. Like he he's like there's like Draymond Green, yeah, he's up Pat, there. You hate everybody. And then there's like <laughs> here's like there's another four for Zaza Pachulia. Okay. There's another he's like in a whole other realm of wow, I really hate that guy because he ruined my favorite player's career. But it, it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the most efficient scorer that we will ever watch play the game of basketball. For sure. I'm gonna say KD Mitch. One hundred percent agree Kevin Durant. Next up, this is a question that we all had a very obscure answer to, also from Jake Marinigo. First player that comes to mind when I say Chicago White Sox. Everybody on three. One, two, three. Michael Lonzo Jordan. Ball. Huh? <laughs> what? What did you say? Uh, Lonzo Ball. The White Sox? You said Chicago, right? Chicago White Sox. If you know me, if you listen to SVT, <laughs> if you listen to any version of Sports Power Talk... I are you not serious? a baseball guy. I thought we all agreed on this. Agreed. He Michael said a different Jordan. name than you. He said I, Michael, I said Michael Jordan. Jordan. You both said Michael Jordan. Yes. 
I, I don't know. I All like, time oh, Chicago man. White Sox. That is getting clipped. <laughs> Lonzo Ball that is was, getting clipped. That was good. That was good. That is definitely getting clipped. No, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of that. If you just say Chicago, like right now, yeah, I'd probably say Lonzo. It's but where like, my mind takes me. But uh, no, for, for the White Sox, you know, you got to go with the best player in Chicago White Sox history. I'm talking the best player in baseball, Michael Jordan. You know, I don't really know if he played basketball or anything, but I mean, let me tell you about hey. his baseball career here. <laughs> Next question. Thoughts on Logan Conger following me? Uh, I touched on this earlier. Jake Mernigo, you did earn it. Long time coming. Next question is also from Jake Mernigo. It's his final question. This one I'm definitely going to pass to Mitch. It's thoughts on Blades versus Pavlovich. Yeah. Is that I pronounce it right? It was Pavlovich. Pavlovich, gotcha. And that fight, there was a lot of hype behind it. I really enjoyed the buildup to it because we saw either a destructive knockout by Pavlovich, likely early, or Blades was going to wrestle him for all five rounds. It ended very early. Uh, a couple of us actually watched it up here in the WZIP studio, which was fun. But it ended really early, anticlimactic. And Curtis Blades only shot one takedown in the entire fight. I didn't exactly enjoy it because I wanted Curtis to win. But Pavlovich is probably going to get a title shot now, which John Jones is going to make easy work of him. But... It, it was a nice story, but the fight itself, I didn't enjoy it. It was anticlimactic. I completely sure. agree. Watching that was super anticlimactic because I was waiting. I was like, this is going to be one of the best fights I'm going to see this year. And then first round ended, and I was just kind of like, seriously? Really, dude? <laughs> like, that's it? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it wasn't a pay-per-view because I would have been so mad. It's just Blade saying he can beat John Jones. You can't say you're going to beat John Jones and then lose to Sergey. That's not how it works, so... For sure. Put your money where your mouth is, man. Two questions come in from Akron City FC's biggest fan, Tony Klotzman. For those of you who don't know what Akron City FC is, Akron City FC is an NPSL soccer team that plays at St. Vincent St. Mary High School throughout May, June, July, and a little bit of August if we're if we're lucky, which I think we will be this year. Tony's a huge fan. These if you don't know, I'm the director of social media for the club. Pat is my newest intern at Akron City FC. And Tony asks us, what are your thoughts on Akron City FC this season, most notably them building what seems like a stacked roster around five top Zips men's soccer players? Pat, I just don't see this team losing. I think my we're going to be super good this year. My expectations are through the roof. Our roster is loaded to the brim, even with even with the subs. Loaded. I, yeah, no, like, all-time high. Like, I'm feeling great going into this season. I don't know about you, Logan, but I am feeling fantastic. I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. And for those of you who haven't come out to an Akron City FC game, you definitely should, especially if you are a fan of the Akron Zips men's soccer program. We have lots of Zips signed up to play for us this summer. It's going to be a fantastic year. Tony's next question is, at their opener, the Akron Rubber Ducks outdrew 3,858, the A's Cleveland Guardians attendance from April 3rd, which was 3,035. Can Akron City FC outdraw the A's for at least one home game this year? Easy. And to throw in the plug, our owner, Mr. Nick Turchin, says there is an outdraw the A's promotion. If we can outdraw the athletics this season, he will donate to a worthy soccer cause in the town. So everybody, make sure you come out, Do pack Green Street Stadium, and support all of your Akron Zips that are playing for Akron City FC as well as the rest of our amazing roster. Tony, the answer is yes, 100%. Easy. Easy. So thank you, Tony, for your two questions. We have one final question, and this one will be quick. This one comes in from Joe Barry. NBA Finals picks and winner, Miami Heat Kings, Heat win in six. 
I think I got to go. Mm, this is tough. I I think I'm going to ride the Kings wave with you, Logan. I, yeah. think, I think I might have to hop on the Kings wave. I got the Kings Mitch. and <laughs> give me give me the Kings and the Sixers in the finals. Oh, if, if Joel Embiid comes back, if Joel oh. Embiid does not come back, Kings Celtics. Okay. If we see Kings Sixers, I'll sell my dog. <laughs> But anyway, um, my personal pick, I see Boston Celtics uh, and the Denver Nuggets. That's where I'm going to go. Man, you heard it here first. Mitch Bates is going to sell his dog if Kings hold me to it. Are Please the hold me to it. Bye-bye, puppy. I don't, know, I don't know if I want to hold that team. Oh, man. All right, guys. Just in case it does that's, happen. That's going to round out our hot mic segment. And before we close out our show, obviously, touching, we touched on the Guardians a little bit. Pat kind of breached the topic of the pitching. But... We're going to do our MLB Player of the Week segment. I know we didn't get to as many MLB topics, but this is one that our sports director, Mr. Jake Murren, loves to do each week. And following his traditions and on his special day, I wanted to make sure that we get this in there. And, guys, I told you that there should be a unanimous answer. If it's we easily. differ, if we differ, we you, you guys are even more delusional than I thought. Go ahead, Pat, first. Who's your Player of the Week? Liam Hendricks. I just want to, first of all, say congratulations to Liam Hendricks. For those of you who do not know, uh, Liam Hendricks, the relief pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, did beat cancer. He is now cancer-free and is going to hopefully look to make his return. So it, 110%, it has to be Liam Hendricks. Congratulations on beating cancer. Mitch? Pat hit it on the nose right there. Not a big baseball guy, but this decision, it should have been unanimous. And that's an incredible feat that not many athletes do in their lifetime. So credit to him. It is also Liam Hendricks of the Chicago White Sox for me. Cancer-free, huge congratulations to him. Guys, that's going to about do it for our show. Any final thoughts from both of you delusional people? First of all, congratulations to Mr. Jake Murren. I'm so proud of you, man. Congrat- I can't say congratulations enough for you. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you. Uh, again, congratulations to Liam Hendricks for beating cancer. That is a... That is incredible. It's an incredible story, and I can't wait for him to make his return to the mound. Even though he is a rival of our very own Cleveland Guardians, I'm still pumped, and I'm going to be rooting for him when he makes his return. And as always, go Steelers, go Zips, go Guardians, and let's go Jackets. Mitch? Yeah, shout-out to Jake Murren. That's incredible, and I can only hope that all of us up here get to go through something like that one day. You picked a great day to do it on. It was my birthday, so... I like that decision there, <laughs> and just I hope to hold on to my dog, and I, it's been a great time up here. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for our show and all of your hot mic questions. It was another fantastic argumentative show. A huge thank you to Abby Coley for sitting in on today's show. Hope to hear her here on these airwaves very soon as she completes her training. Also, make sure you go out and support your Zips men's and women's soccer programs as their seasons start to kick into full swing. It's going to do it for today's show. Once again, stay kind, stay positive, love yourself, love others. Joining me was Patrick Weber, Mitch Bates, and I'm Logan Congrove. Stick with us for next week's show as the newly engaged Mr. Jake Murren will be back behind the mic.